But look, y'all tell me about the word. What y'all been gleaning? Y'all share it with us. Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Talk to us. The rest of the story. God always works with it in explicit instruction on us when he wants us to do something. He doesn't want us to be in the dark. It's not so-so instruction. Mm -hmm. Right. And we see that there's times, for an example, when he tells them not to bring this and not to bring that. And then we find later where he, he tells them it's okay to bring this and it's okay to bring that. And what he was doing with them, just like he does with us, is that he teaches us that our trust is not in um, extra money. Our trust is not in uh, the sword. Our trust is not in an extra garment to put on to keep us warm. He taught them how to trust him so that when we went out and we had those things, we wouldn't put our trust in them we would trust him. He's, he's proven himself. And he does that with us. There's times when he tells us to go do a thing or to be part of something without um, having this resource or without having that. And then there's times he sends us where we have an abundance of those things. But our confidence is not in having this or that. Our confidence is in him, you know, and where he's taking us and what he's doing. And, and we see that 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 same process and that's where sometimes we have to be cautious of of work when we working with people or people from different backgrounds and they doing this that God's led them to do and maybe we've done it like them but we've had another place and we 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 have something to carry in with it and we're thinking if we're not careful, we can we can misguide them or mislead them or condemn them or think less of them because they operate in the way they operate. Or they may think less of you because you bring in something else along with you. We just have to be cautious that there's times in our journey that God may lead somebody to do this and he led you to do the same thing, but you're at two different places or phases in your journey with him. And it's okay if they go and they don't believe they can bring this with them or they can do this. And it's okay if you feel like you can bring or don't. You just let God lead and, and, and stick with the main thing and not get caught up in the little bitty distractions is what I'm saying. It's easy to do that. Easy to do that. I know it's easy for me. I can get distracted pretty easy. And I can be hard on people. I don't know about y'all. You ever get hard on people? I can I can question, well, why in the world are they doing that? That don't make no sense to me. Or, or man, he's a bunch of hardheads, you know, that kind of thing. And sometimes I can just be hard on people. So I have to, it's one of those things I got to keep myself in check, you know. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like on the football field, you know, when you was, if you played football or you played basketball, how many of you ladies play basketball, softball? And you kind of uh, get distracted and you didn't play, your, your coach had to get you, get your attention, 
Like, what are you doing? This is right where I want you to be. You know your position. Like if you was playing a forward or, or center in basketball and, and you was out of position because you took out after the ball and, and you got out of your zone and that player come in right behind you, they threw it to them, boom, bam, they score. And that coach gets you and he grabs you by the shoulders and says, you know where you're supposed to be. What are you doing? Well, in life, we do that same thing and get frustrated with people easy. I admire them coaches that can do it gracefully, but I don't know if I can do it gracefully as a coach. Yeah. Ah, hey, it's football, you know. Yeah, it's football. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's just it. I mean, you look at people who do win. You look at Nick Saban. I mean, that joker's hard. He don't cut no slack. Even if they win in by 50 points, he doesn't want them to to slack in any form or fashion, you know. I think it's all part of it. That, that's like uh, even the scriptures, you know, refer to how they, they, they try to, quote, unquote, sissify our military. You know, want, want that. I mean, they, they're warriors. That, that's what you train them to do, and you expect them to act differently and to be mild and meek. You tra- you're training them to, for combat. Yeah, and I mean that that's that's they don't scripture says that he doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this world so that he can please him who enlisted him. We, we want warriors. Scripture even refers to it as a judgment when a nation's men, military men, uh, God says, I'll give them the heart of a woman. That's a judgment from God, the wrath of God being manifested. So. Yes, God's message is for us and our agenda is clear. And he tells us in here, don't even think that I come for peace. His work in our life has a way of separating, and when you separate, it has a way of creating division in the established culture. His way is going to be different. It's going to cause trouble. So don't think, don't let nobody entertain that thought to you. Where does he say that in chapter 10? Verse 34, when he says, do not think, that's simply saying, don't let it get in your head. Don't let nobody mislead you. Don't let anyone um, create a whole another thought process to you that I came to bring peace on earth, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He's saying that he comes to make a difference in our lives. If he didn't make a difference in our life, there would be no reason for him to come. Right? In essence, that's what he's saying. He said, I'm not, I'm not talking about I'm coming to put a sword in your hand so that you would fight and, and kill one another. He's basically saying that when I, when I come, I'm going to make a difference in your life. And the difference I make, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create tension between what you once were and who you will be when when I establish my work in you and don't let anyone 
let you think any different that that I don't make a difference. And that's really, it's difficult in our, in our modern day. And it was like that obviously then because he does make a difference between the natural man and the spiritual man. And it's not that we're combative. We just have different agendas, different purposes. And those things create animosity with those who are not seeing or walking or following because their perspective is you think you're better than me now and it creates trouble doesn't it who are you to tell me i shouldn't or we shouldn't or you can't y'all you just more holier than us you you're better than we are and that creates problems even within families and he's letting us know that's where he started out with we're talking about a family issue uh, much less just a community abroad and um, so to have the mindset that we can, we can actually belong to Jesus and still live and function like we did before, it's contrary to what he's telling us right there, isn't it? He makes a difference. That's why Paul would use a statement in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. He says, if a man does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, that same man is still anathema. He's still accursed. Because Jesus makes that much of a difference in a person's life where they do love him. They do like him. And um, he changes people. He really does. And uh, thank God for it. Amen. So glad he, that he changed me. That's why I used the term. Some people taking offense on the idea, the, 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 that term that Jesus interrupted our lives. But he, but he does. He makes that big of a difference. It is an interruption. It's not, it's not an interruption that he does something that we didn't want him to do. He changes us. And in that change, it puts us on another course, you know. He really does. I'm thankful for it. Thankful for it. Anybody else? What else you see or want to share? That Matthew 10 is a wonderful passage. Uh, it all is. Every time I say that, I almost feel guilty as if I'm, I'm saying another one's not. But it all is. But some passages are, are, like Brother Shannon said, have sense of, of, of clarity um, of this aspect of what we're going to see. I mean, we could break that down and just walk through it and look at the differences that he makes in the aspects of it, of just who we are. I love verse 25. It is enough. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant to be like his master. Remember that, Brother Bill? It's enough, amen? It's enough. It's enough. It's enough for the disciple. It's sufficient. They want to be like him. They want to know him. Make him known. It is enough. But just the progress of this walk through of um, Matthew 10, of, of letting them know up front what's going to happen. You know, there are going to be people in a city that accept you, and there are going to be people who don't. 
when you go to a place and people welcome you in, don't, don't go look for another place because there's going to be a tendency. You know, it, we can't all act like a fool too. There will be a tendency that if you go into a place and the first place you come to and they accept you, the, the, the peace of God is on that place. There's a sense of righteousness there. And you go in and the more you work in the city and the town, you find out that, that there's somebody else that's a believer as well. Or you make a convert, but this convert you make has got a lot more quote-unquote power in the city. Or he has more resources he lives a little finer life. You know, things are a little more comfortable. They eat better. They got more comfortable beds. Uh, they, they, they have things that this family that you're staying with don't have. They maybe cook better or, or uh, they got servants there that take care of you and do everything for you. But the family you're staying with and you're working from doesn't. He says, don't, don't leave the one to go to the other. That, that is not what this is about. You stay with the one that you, you, that you initially were with until you leave that city. Don't bounce from house to house, from place to place, because something seems a little better in another place. That's not the people who we are. That's not what we're looking for. Our objective is to keep the main thing the main thing, the focus the focus, and that is bringing good news, bringing healing, touching people, serving people. It's not about us. Amen? Because that would be a, a temptation, wouldn't it? It really would, no doubt. So he's letting them know up front, and, um, and he says that, that also beware that not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to treat you the same. Not everybody's going to treat you and welcome you. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get rough for some of you. I mean, some of your own children are going to turn you in and, and fight against you and go against you. And they're going to bring you before the, the councils and the priests. They're going to kick you out of places and they're going to misuse you and abuse you. That, I'm letting you know up front so you're not shocked when it comes. So like Brother Shannon said, it's, it's so clear. It helps us. So when we face these things, we face them in light of he's already told us this was coming. So we don't have to shy away from it. We don't have to act surprised by it. We knew eventually this would, would take place. And thankful for the signs that he's given already and that he's helping us with. Not that we go create this stuff, because we can do things to create trouble for ourselves. Are you with me? We can, and that's not what he's referring to. He says, you just do what I ask you to do, and, and it'll come to you as you journey with me. Really good. Matthew 11. What was it all about? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Twelve what? Yes, ma'am. But I tell you that man will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word mm. spoken. Mm. And by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you will be delivered. That reminds me of the last chapter, really twelve, and we've asked. Yes, that those last few verses. Yes. This is a man's all in all, isn't it? 
Every. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Even the scriptures refer to um, not just what we say or what we think, things we've done, but even our thoughts. You know. Uh-oh. That's scary, ain't it? Y'all know how y'all thought. Y'all know what y'all... Yeah, there's been times y'all probably want to put a knife to somebody's throat, huh? We're going to give an account for that, he says. Now, thankfully, in Christ, through the blood of Jesus, we'll stand before the throne of God spotless. Amen? His righteousness, no doubt, to him be the glory. Now, we'll give an account in the sense of a reward mindset of, of what we've done with what we have of Christ and how we, how we use that to bring glory to him and honor him by way of the Spirit, that which wasn't done in the flesh. Anything done in the flesh is going to burn up. It, it's not going to gain anything. It's just going to be useless. Um, but our sins are, are forgiven in Christ. He is our righteousness. So we're not going to stand, ma'am. That's right, which is which in essence is is rejecting him, is rejecting him, because the Holy Spirit. There's no way to come to Christ apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what unveils Christ to us. It's the Word that that um, gives us understanding of what the Spirit is convicting us about and our need for Christ, and that's he, he exalts Jesus. And if we reject that, if a man rejects that. Uh, that that's that's the only sin that is unpardonable in the sense that can't be forgiven is a rejection of Jesus. But any other sin uh, is forgivable. And um, so when a man does receive Jesus, acts in faith on what the Spirit reveals, he has no fear of the unpardonable sin because he's accepted, he's received, he hadn't blasphemed the Holy Spirit and mocked him, he accepted what the Holy Spirit's convicted us of, of our sin and of judgment and of Christ and his righteousness. And uh, because that's what the scripture says, the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of, of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. And, and he and those that have come into the kingdom that has received Jesus, the Holy Spirit has not only convicted us of those things, but it's also convinced us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and you respond in faith to that, and you're covered under the blood. Amen? But when those that reject him will stand before the great white throne, they will be judged. Every deed, every thought, every action will be judged on the basis of sin and, um, and not based on what Christ has accomplished for us. So, to God be the praise. Thankful for Jesus, amen. Eleven twenty-eight. I was looking at eleven twenty-eight a couple times a day. I was thinking of writing a couple things on it and sharing, and I said, well, I might preach on that Sunday morning. And Said, I can't get ahead of myself on that and give away too much too soon. And then I said, well, I might have, I might have done preached that the last time we was running through here. And uh, how many of y'all got any notes on 1128 written out beside there? Let me, y'all let me hear them. 
And I'll remember if I preached it or not. Anybody make a note? Because I was looking at preaching on something about rest. Rest doesn't come from rest. I hadn't preached that. Well, we might get on it Sunday morning. That's good. Rest doesn't come from rest. And I may have never preached it before. But I think I, I think I did. I don't. It might have just been something that I was working on at another time. I almost pulled out. Stephanie's got a good journal of me preaching over over the years, and there's been some times where she missed out. There was a few. Remember, she had her back. She was out for a bit and uh, didn't get to take some notes during that time frame. But normally when I go places or look back and we're reading through something, I can look through them, those journals and it'll tell me where I highlighted and hit some stuff. So to try to, to go in another, um, uh, focus on another area when we back in and again. But rest doesn't come from rest. Where did I preach that at? That don't ring a bell? See, I'm a, I, I was probably working on it, just never gave it away yet. But it stuck out to me earlier. Like, yeah, I might, I might run with that. I know I taught it somewhere. I had to. But I can't remember either. I normally can remember that. Well, if God leads, that's where we might be Sunday morning. Come unto me, all ye that... I'm ready to preach it now. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Rest doesn't come from rest. We might look at that. Because there's a lot of well-rested people that don't have rest. So we'll look at the process of that right there. Intimacy. Intimacy. That's what you see. Hmm. Well, amen, let's stop there before I give too much away. You know, but I've learned from myself and from others. I could probably preach it today and then preach it again Sunday and then preach it again next Sunday and, and you'd still, come on. Yeah, because it, I've learned that. I, I've, I've talked with folks, I'm thinking, and they'll share something and and it'll kind of go contrary. And I say, well, I, I just preached on that a couple hours ago. And, uh, but, you know, I know not everybody gets it that first time around. Amen? Very few people do. Mm-mm-mm. Well, to God be the glory. Anybody have anything you want to share before we go? Going to the dentist? Ooh, going to the dentist. I sure will. Next Wednesday, one week from the day. All right, going 